Tonight's recap of the two-hour amazing race is sponsored by our friends over at BetterHelp Online Counseling. If you think that you might be depressed or feeling overwhelmed or anxious, and that's certainly a feeling that many of us can relate to, this year, BetterHelp Online Counseling offers licensed professional therapists who are trained to listen and to help with issues including anxiety, grief, depression, relationship conflicts, difficulty, sleeping, that's a very big one here at this house, trauma, anger, family conflicts, more. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with your counselor in under 48 hours. I've gone through the process, very easy to do. You get to pick out a counselor who seems like it might be a fit for you from the vast selection available at BetterHelp. You can easily secure your video or phone sessions plus exchange unlimited messages to communicate with your therapist at your convenience. Everything you share is confidential. And if for any reason you're unhappy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time at no additional charge. Join the 1 million plus people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced BetterHelp counselor. BetterHelp is an affordable option. Our listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code RHAP. Get started today at betterhelp.com slash R-H-A-P. That's betterhelp.com slash R-H-A-P. Talk to a therapist online and get help. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now here's a guy who's frustrated for way more than 90 seconds every single day. I am Rob Sisternino. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our amazing race recap, two-hour amazing race uh, to talk about here tonight, live with you right after the episode on our amazing best friends race uh, panel are here to talk about everything that's going on. First, our chief amazing race correspondent please welcome in the great jessica Lee. jess how are you i i'm pretty upset rob i i think i'm gonna go need to take some cleansing breaths and have a couple of beers at the same time mm-hmm. yes yes uh beer yoga very relaxing especially when chi teaches your class i mean that guy was born to be a yoga teacher he's so <laughs> chill yes uh, he was born to do it. And now here's a man that we hold in uh, as much reverence as we do the great Khan. Here is Mike Bloom. But I will call out to you more than zero times over the course of this podcast. <laughs> Two hours of the Amazing Race. I am invigorated. I feel the energy of Eastwar and Aparna doing a stunt scene, but much less manufactured. <laughs> yes. uh, even though one team at the end here was left feeling as uh, sour as sauerkraut, or you rare steak, if you will. <laughs> you rare steak. Wow. Uh, so much to get through here in two hours of the amazing race as uh, we were in uh, Germany and Kazakhstan here tonight on a jam-packed two hours of race. Ultimately, a non-elimination leg. Somehow, Kaylin and Haley got through the gauntlet running uh, three really bad legs uh for the most part it was a miracle that they ended up uh getting uh somehow out in front of michelle and victoria last week uh sandwiched by two non-elimination legs only to have leo and alana go out and they will be on our exit interview coming up soon you'll hear jess and i talk with them on our tar pit episode later this week if we ever if there ever was a week we needed a second amazing race podcast to fit it all in this is it and of 
course, you could hear uh, or listen or read even Mike Bloom <laughs> talk with Leo, uh, with uh, Leo and Alana on the Amazing Race interview on Parade.com. Yeah, you can like, you listen with your eyes. I like to think that Mike's writing is a multi-sensory experience. Yeah. I think that there's also, like, for people with disabilities, I think there is that feature where you can have it uh, read the transcription of a mm. web page to you. So I think technically you could listen to that interview. Yeah. So either way, whatever sense you use, hell, you could smell my interview tomorrow <laughs> if you want to. Just be sure to, to check it out. Because, listen, Leo and Alana... Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure. We'll see what the smell is and whether or not that turned away. I mean, luckily, I think uh, Kaylee did not smell like cream. She was able to get some help when it came to that sauerkraut puzzle. I mean, I guess our, our top story has to be... I was talking with Jess actually before coming on here. I am frankly pretty surprised. I think coming into these two hours, I did not think Leo and Alon would be the team to use. And I think it's, it's a reminder that when it comes to the Amazing Race edit in particular, if you get a big pop of something in those first few legs... Unlike other shows like Survivor, that does not mean you are destined to make it to the end. A lot of those teams end up going out in like fifth, sixth, or seventh place like they did tonight. Yeah. Just first off, um, for Leo and Alana, uh, to go out really on a counting challenge, is that a five hole for them? I mean, if one of them had a math degree, I would mm-hmm. say it's a five hole. But... They have a math ters. <laughs> they have two math ters. <laughs> 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 yeah okay ultimately uh not knowing the difference between a spear and a flag really proved uh critical for leo and alana but really uh, um, does, does that mean jess are you gonna have to prepare spear or flag for the tar pits this week yeah <laughs> i mean it, it's not worse than roof or wall yeah i also thought that you had a potential with uh cold war or world war Two. <laughs> boy that might be that might be a little rough for you two. <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, I, I mean, listen, I do, I do not want to uh, date uh, the the host of this podcast too much, but I do recall being born shortly thereafter the Berlin Wall falling, or shortly before. So that, that sort of helps me sort of look back on my life and realize how long ago that was and how short ago it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Meanwhile, Rob and I were well into elementary school when that happened, and I'm sure he remembers it as well as I do. Vaguely, vaguely. Don't don't overestimate me in terms of uh, just Fair. just how much on top of the news I was uh, in my uh, younger <laughs> days. Um, but anyway, uh, also that just this story arc over the course of the season, don't forget, uh, way back when, when, uh, where, where were we earlier in this, uh, race where we were at the, uh, at the junkyard decorating, uh, trucks was that Columbia. Um, yeah, that was yeah, Columbia. Yeah, yeah. Columbia. And don't forget it. Leo and Alana said, Hey, Oh, Kaylin and Haley, we love them. That, uh, that we're going to just help them because, mm. uh, yeah, the, don't forget, you know, I, we don't want them to come in last place. We have a natural connection with them. We're going to help them and give them the answer. And ultimately, that was what ultimately saved them earlier on in the race. And boy, no good deed goes unpunished on the amazing race. I, you know, I do suspect that the yield was not the ultimate killer for Leo and Alana. But just it was that the whole thing of they got U-turned for by by Will and James because they saved Kaylin and Haley. Yes, but Rob, you have to remember that the only reason Leo and Alana are still here is because Kaylin and Haley then U-turned Jerry and Frank. So I feel like maybe the, the debt, debt was, was paid, paid at that point. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. 
Well, I think, and I wonder if it's when Leo did not help Haley at the sauerkraut walk down the building roadblock. Maybe that was a signal to Haley and Kaylin of like, okay, I guess really the slate has been wiped clean, so we don't feel like we owe them anything anymore. And so that is what sort of pushed them to use this yield. Oh, uh, you know. So it's just sort of like, well, yeah, Tabula Rasa, and now we can sort of write a new philosophy for ourselves, and uh, it ended up evidently here. But yeah, it's a weird sort of, again, if we came to these two hours saying, Haley and Kaylin are going to yield Leo and Alana, which might not be the nail in the coffin, but certainly help them towards the Amazing Race grave, we would say, what drugs are you taking? How did you get to this to this outcome? But it turns out that I think a, a, a desperate situation, Halen and Kaylee, Haley and Kaylin realizing that this is yet another opportunity where they're in the back of the pack and they're ahead of a team for once in a while. They're going to take advantage of the opportunity uh, helped by the voices in their ears that are shouting from yurts all around them. Yeah, just this is a very confusing message from The Amazing Race, because on the one hand, we're learning, OK, it's always better, you know, help, help, help as many people as you can. But then also the other st- subplot of this episode is Hung and Chi uh, keep helping uh, D'Angelo and Gary and uh, that they are only being punished for those efforts. You know, honestly, Rob, is the message of The Amazing Race really help, help, help as many people as you can? Because on one hand, we do have these plots. On the other hand, we have Phil, like, practically begging people to use the yield when they come to the mat. He's like, and, hey. and, and, the, and the producers as well. The clue is saying, yeah. like, hey, remember, there's only a few opportunities yeah, to yeah. use the yield. They started calling it the yeah. power of yield. Ooh, the POI. Yeah. The POI. I don't think that's going to catch on. Mm-hmm. But you do have, yeah, Phil, like, hey, remember the yield? Mm-hmm. Hey, you got a yield. How come you're not using it? What about the yield? Yeah. Somebody yield. And he really did chastise Hung and Chi about like, boy, yeah. were you using your brain when you helped them? That, that really does not feel like a mixed message. I feel like Hung and Chi just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it is It is really interesting that Hung snapped into that natural rapport with being like, all right. I'm not going to do it this time. And then I guess Gary and Daniel just like caught her flat footed, like on the back foot in a moment. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll do this. And then she realizes her reflexes. Ah, I just did it na- again. Naturally be a charitable person. Damn it. Nice hung. You're too, it's, you're too good. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, Chris Farley interviewing Paul McCartney. He's just like, ah, uh, stupid, yeah. stupid. Just, I always like to know uh, from your perspective, uh, good, good leg here tonight. Uh, yeah, it was very fun, very unexpected outcome. I think there's now there's a new plot arc that I think we're going to be tracking, which is like how many legs are Haley and Kaylin going to cling to the bottom of the pack until they are cut loose? I think that's an interesting thing to track because I I feel like they had some really good legs up at the beginning. They've placed as high as third, but now they are starting to we're starting to separate out. We're like the, you know, the all natural peanut butter. Mm-hmm. We got the, the chunky peanut stuff at the bottom and we got the oil at the top. And and I don't know how many, how long they can coast like this because they've really they've really been very lucky three legs in a row. Mike, did you prefer one of the hours tonight, the Berlin hour or the Kazakhstan hour? 
I definitely preferred the Kazakhstan hour because I'll admit the Berlin hour was weird. I think when you start a leg with cramming yourself in a phone booth <laughs> Superman style to dance for three minutes to I'm a little sexy disco boy or whatever the song was. <laughs> yeah. Like it, you're, you're, you're setting the tone as to what the nightlife is going to be. Yeah. Can we talk about that? The nightlife in uh, Berlin? Because uh, Phil, I feel like really sold us a bill of goods tonight. Uh, this is how Phil described that trip to the photo booth this city is arguably the best party town in europe if not the world okay fair enough fair enough all right all right i don't know that's a pretty big claim i think but what are people really up to in the biggest party town in the world and the latest greatest craze (laughs) telly disco where you can get your own disco ball smoke machine and strobe lights a three-minute mini-disco <laughs> that'll cost you only four euros. Is the latest, greatest craze, Jess, in fact, teledisco, where you can get your own disco ball for four euros? Um, well, this is something that I think is... I'm, I'm going to call back to Amazing Race Canada for a minute, because in Amazing Race Canada, a few seasons back, there was an episode, they were in Calgary, and they had to find this mobile record shop that was a van that they sold records out of the back and then dan heaton and i looked them up on twitter and were advertising their twitter followers on the air and they had, I think, like 500 Twitter followers at the time. And then that week, they jumped up by 200 Twitter followers, and we were totally taking credit for it. Mm-hmm. So I thought maybe the easiest way to see if this is a real craze is to look up Teledisco on Twitter and see if they have followers. Okay. And I have looked them up on Twitter. Okay. And they appear to have an account on Twitter. They have never tweeted. <laughs> And they have two follow. They are following two people, and they have no followers. Well, th- see, this is the thing. I don't know if Twitter is Teledisco's platform. I feel like Teledisco. I could see Phil's statement being true once upon a time because I feel like this is the perfect TikTok atmosphere, right? Mm-hmm. Who wants to do the Teledisco challenge? Like, get in the booth, dance for thirty minutes. Is it hazardous to your health to stand so close to a fog machine blasting <laughs> in your face? I feel like that's not great. <laughs> okay, Teledisco on Instagram has 762 followers. Oh, I think okay. it's 1,000. Yeah. They're still quite far from a craze, mm. but I guess a lot of people post their pictures Wait, and tag them. Is it fair to say that they are, in fact, the hottest craze in uh, all, all of Berlin? Like the latest, greatest craze, Teledisco. <laughs> <laughs> the latest greatest great maybe in 2018 latest, it was greatest. they might have yeah it could have been yeah oh yeah i think teledisco is promptly gone under i do not think it's very covid safe nowadays considering it's standing close proximity to somebody while you dance on them <laughs> a, on the other hand in a yeah, the last time they have posted was six months ago but on the other hand mike i think part small parties of two or three people that you're very close to mm-hmm. might be the theme of 2020 yeah why why three minutes though this isn't like a this isn't like a like a cup of java, you know. This isn't something to like get your motor running and so you can go back out into the world. I'm not going to dance for 3 minutes and then just go on with the rest of my day. Here's my question. Could you fail this task? Like is somebody watching the teledisco and it's like you didn't dance wildly enough. You weren't committed mm-hmm. to the bit. Get back in there and do it I, again. I do feel like if it was a detour Roblox, because as we saw with Eastwar and Aparna, like they do sometimes judge on a qualitative process rather than a quantitative process. So if it was more of a, a highly judged task, maybe there was someone in the booth like, uh, uh, you're not dancing 
loudly and vibrantly enough, please dance again to Sexy Disco Boy. The Kazakhstan director of dancing? God, God, God. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the producers could even see what was going on. Did they have to just review the photo at the end? They're like, yeah, they went to the, they, they went, instead of going static. to the booth, they went from the booth to another booth and said, all right, let's review the footage. The ruling on the field is yeah. it's a dance. I just want to send a message to all of our listeners in Berlin because, boy, uh, you people are missing out here. Because if you have ever been to a, uh American wedding or bar mitzvah or Sweet 16 party, we have teledisco everywhere. <laughs> Sometimes they give you like a little like some costumes also to put on. Oh, yeah. A little like fake little fake mustache that you don't even have to glue on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't even have to I dance think, for three minutes. I think I've been in I've been in one of those two times in the last five years mm-hmm. and the last the one I remember most vividly is the season 23 Amazing Race finale party when Marie and I got into the photo booth together. We waited like 10 minutes to get into the photo booth because it was very important to us for some reason. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize as well that apparently like you can do parties, uh, like literal parties. I believe it was, uh, was it the, the Volley Bros and Hung and Chi were in there together at one time? Yeah. I, didn't really, I thought it was like one, one well, team per, per serving. You can unless somebody unless one of the people on your team is Gary. Then I don't think you can. <laughs> you didn't want to fit in. Yeah. yeah. Um all right. Uh let's talk through these legs and then we're going to take your questions. Yeah. I po- posted a uh Twitter uh a tweet, not a fleet, just a oh, regular God. tweet earlier today. Uh if you want to send in your questions, respond to that Scott St. Pierre standing by. We'll take your questions later on. Don't forget about the tar pit coming up this weekend. If you have questions that you want to email uh between now and Sunday is when we record that show, send them to amazing race at Rob has a website uh dot com. All right. We are gonna take a train to the Berlin Wall to find the suitcase. Just was there any significance to the suitcase? Um, honestly, I thought that the suitcase was going to get, like, detonated at some point. Yeah. Because if you left a suitcase unattended anywhere in the U.S., they'd be, like, cordoning off the block. If you see something, say somebody. something. Exactly. Yeah, Sives Algo Dialgo. Mm-hmm. Or Zwein Dry Zein Zein, whatever the German version is. Yeah, um... Mike's not the one on the panel that speaks German. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it is. Vine dry nine nine. It means if you say something, say something. I'm very fluent, Jess. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Mike, uh, we didn't see that, that much excitement on the train. Certainly not like uh, these type of train shenanigans we saw in Amazing Race 31. Well, because they knew that everyone's brands were watching, so there were no train shenanigans uh, this time. I mean, I think the biggest pop came from... We talked about this last week, right? Like, how are the teams going to react when they find out that somehow Kaylin and Haley were able to stay in the race. And we're going to get that twice in these two hours. But it, yeah, it's, it's a, it was a, they're kind of stupefied uh, is from a certain perspective. They're, they're just dumbfounded that, that they made it through. And it's, it's going to be a recurring trend. And I guess the other big piece from the first act of the first episode was we officially have a name for our, our Alliance of Five. They are officially the Mind Five named on the screen and everything. So we can officially call them that now. Mind Five. You like that, Jess? They've been doing that for like three weeks, Mike. Or maybe they just refer to it a lot on Twitter. That's what I think. I think, like I think, I think it's, days. yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of shorthand, but I think they officially canonized it this time. And Mind Five is actually pretty German as well, according to my, <laughs> my vernacular. That's Mind Fumpf in German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the th- crazy part about the uh, Mine 5 is that Iswar and Aparna are <laughs> part of it. Um, they're sort of like, I'm trying to think of what a good example would be. They're sort of just like the, like the fifth friend that's not really part mm. of the friend group. I'm trying to think of the pop culture. Yeah, they're, they're, sort, they're, they're sort of the like... Baby. Yeah, or like they're the they're the coach from New Girl, right? They sort of are like the hangers on, like they're kind of awkwardly there for a little while and then they're gone. They got very lucky that they happened to leave that mine in one of the first five positions. That's what it really comes down to, right? It's like it just so happens that those first five teams who left that mine in leg two have formed this pact that has gotten them this far. If things had swapped whatsoever, it could be a completely different configuration of teams. Mm, yeah. There are so many sliding doors universes to contemplate this leg. <laughs> like we can think of the one where Leo and Alana didn't help the blondes or the ones where they didn't help them back or the one where different teams were on different vans going back from the mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, our teams get to the the photo booth. Uh, Mike, anything you want to highlight here as uh, we are t- getting everybody into the teledisco? Well, yeah, let's talk about the Trabants. Let's let's do some, some Trabanter here because uh, we get some more self-driving, but in a more disastrous way. Uh, this is less about, you know, working the stick and more so about pushing your car to get it started mm-hmm. Flintstone style. Uh, and I mean, I think the biggest thing, at least I took away from the whole Trabant stuff was the Will and James of it all, because they had a very unique situation where their clutch seemingly just flat out stopped working in the middle of the street. And so they just hoofed it to the hotel. And I know I had a question about it, and we had some questions online as well about why did they not get a penalty? Because we've seen teams in the past, you know, forego certain pieces of transportation despite it being explicitly stated in the clue and getting penalized for it. Jesse, do you have any thoughts as to why we don't we didn't see at least Will Can and James get penalized? you just abandon your car? Well, I have a couple of questions about this myself and the interesting thing is we had a lot of discussion last week about um could you have if you were really lost in your car you knew you just had to get across the tracks and go into a building could you have just parked and walked the rest of the way and i was so curious about this i actually slid into james's dms and asked him questions about like okay. the parking rules and do you have to park in the marked lot and he didn't answer me and i oh. realized the reason the reason he didn't is either because he hates us now or because the show had aired was on Pacific up. time. Yeah, well, <laughs> he also yeah. lived it, it. This was like this was like <laughs> prior to Tar Pit that I asked uh, him, like on Friday or Saturday, and I think maybe the reason he didn't answer the question was because it came up again this week. Mm-hmm. And I have two theories on this, and one theory is that the rules with the Trabants are slightly different because they expect those cars to break down. <laughs> like this has been a point of humor in amazing race like going all the way back to the single digit seasons we've had these like go drive this crappy eastern block car and if it breaks down we'll bring you a new one that's been a thing in several seasons i think it was more of a thing in early seasons where getting between the tasks was more of a big deal Mm -hmm. so my theory is that the show expected some of these cars to break down so that they were undrivable Um, And so, therefore, there wouldn't be as much of a penalty for running the last uh, bit. Or it is possible that Will and James did incur a penalty, but it didn't affect the outcome, so it didn't come up. Mm. Which I think does happen occasionally, um, where you either get a time credit or a penalty based on something that, you know, 
you know, portions of the competition not affecting the outcome have been edited <laughs> right. out of the show. That's a pretty common phrase. That's my other working theory. I'm sure we'll hear more about it. But the thing that I was shocked about is on Twitter, they mentioned that they drove, they they parked the car and ran 1.3 miles and didn't lose any time. So that's that's pretty amazing. These two like, are gazelles. I, they trained hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that and I guess yeah, that speaks to again what they did beforehand. They did bottle balancing mm-hmm. and they did running and both paid off here. Yeah. I also wonder that's if the there's the kind a, of training you need to be doing, Mike. Yeah, exactly. I've got to get in shape. I'm going to be running with bottles on my head <laughs> just to to sort of shortcut everything. Um my Curiously not on this list is uh drive a crappy car. Yeah. Cuz I feel like that comes up more than putting a bottle on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean definitely. I I also wonder if there's a third option where they just didn't have enough Trabants to have extras. Where if they only had eight and then someone one crapped out, they're like, uh, because usually, like you said, if a car breaks down, not to the team's, uh, you know, fault, they just bring in another car for them to hop into and then drive away. If they didn't have any in reserve, because these things are probably not run in the mill nowadays, uh, they're yep. big, going back to the days of the Eastern Bloc, then you might just sort of be SOL and have to to run it when the thing runs out i mean i guess they're just lucky that it only ran out a mile and a half from the hotel as opposed to like five miles yeah and i also think that maybe when they were doing this crappy eastern block car task in the early seasons that was 15 to 20 years ago it was probably easier to track down these trabants they are kind of a beloved institution in berlin but i think they're getting harder and harder to find because you know they were not made to last when they came out in the 70s and 80s okay um so after we went to the photo booth, uh, we're going to do our repelling word scrambling task. Who wants to feel the wind in their hair? Uh, just the Amazing Race contestants would need to repel down a wall and then also determine that there were flashing, not neon, but uh, illuminated letters that needed to be unscrambled into a word that a a very nice woman would uh, tell them if they were right or wrong. Well, Rob, I I have to wonder if you actually remember this, because this was a season we covered. Yes. But there was a night leg in Berlin in season 22 in which teams had to I think they were base jumping, actually, but they did have to jump face mm. first off of a building that was a hotel. Mm-hmm. And then the other task that leg was to go to the typographical museum carrying these giant light up letters. Hmm. So I really feel like Amazing Race was phoning it in this episode. They're like, oh, we could just recycle those light up letters that we had last time. Those guys were nice. They'll do it again. And, you know, it's always fun to make people jump off a building. So we'll do that, too. Mm-hmm. And but what if we put them together? Yeah, they didn't really think outside the box either for the word sauerkraut. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting choice of like, Long hey, pick, yeah, like pick some German, like what's German? And so you, you, and I would imagine that like besides city names, I think food items is probably where you go next. I'm, I'm intrigued as to what the roadblock clue said because I feel like because. A lot of teams benefit from tipping each other off, but a lot of them that went down without any prior information didn't even notice the letters. So I wonder if the roadblock clue even said unscramble the word at the bottom or if it was just, hey, walk down. And if you just happen to notice, hey, those are some glowing 10 letters. And then when they got to the bottom, like, oh, I happen to have to unscramble for a word as well. Whoop de doo. I have these letters in my head already from noticing them on the lovely walk down this 180 foot building. 
Yeah, I don't know what kind of hotel that was. It's It could be like one of those standard hotel things where they have weird art installations all over it. So you could be going down and think, oh, well, those letters are cool. <laughs> but Slashing, I do think, blinking letters. I do think you can't have that le- that word be too far outside the box mm-hmm. because it has to be something you could reasonably guess. Yeah. And the team really struggled with this. Really, it was, was it only a hung who was the one person who saw it and and was like, oh, sauerkraut. Right, but I think she also got tipped off about it beforehand, I think. Yeah, she knew there was a word, Mm. so she knew to look for it. Because I believe uh, D'Angelo went down first and then had that delightful reaction of like, what's the word? And he just like freezes like, oh my God, there was a word. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think my favorite though was, I think it was Madison, the taller volley bro, who just says, Andals and just points to the name of the hotel like that was the magic word. You saw some letters. Well, those are letters. Mm-hmm. I like the woman who was the judge on this. Like she was very, she was like the kindergarten teacher of like Amazing Race <laughs> judges. Where usually they're like very mean and v- very short, and they, they are not super friendly. But uh, she's like, uh, yeah, anything? Did you see anything? Yeah, yeah. There was this weird thing where like I thought. So I guess even if you didn't get the word. You could stay down there as long as you were able to get the word. I didn't know if, and she only needed to go back up if you need to look at it one more time. Like, for example, Leo and Alana and Aparna, and, or Leo and Aparna work together, but they don't need to go back up again. They were just commiserating down on the yeah. deck of like, okay, I guess it's sauerkraut. Let's go the, t- figure out the letters. Uh, but when people got it, she's like, yes. <laughs> she was so happy for them. I mean, she was also in the freezing cold for the entire night. So I think she's like just looking for them to get the hell done so she can get back into the warmth. (laughs) I think there's three categories of task judges. I think you have the ones that are very nice and very encouraging. And you have the ones that are kind of like hard asses, like pencils down guy. Mm -hmm. And then you have the third category of the ones that mess with you. And we had some later in this leg. We had some last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we did. And we had, did have George T. A. R. Martin as well. If we remember, <laughs> this thing. This thing yes. is a fake. Here is your clue. Yes. Bazinga! Yeah, <laughs> got you. Um, all right. So uh, we're gonna have uh, teams uh, continue to struggle. Uh, Kaylin and Haley really uh, were struggling, even getting there. Uh, that it was a, a plot point, Mike. That the volley bros were gonna say, like, boy, the blondes aren't gonna be able to drive this car. It's weird because, like, I think on paper it'd be like, all these people are so mean mm-hmm. to to Kaylin and Haley, just, like, really ganging up on them. But Kaylin and Haley kind of prove themselves to, like, substantiate the rumors against them. Mm-hmm. And it's sad to say because they're still in here. So, again, I think they have some racing metal to them, especially in that second leg. But it, it's tough for them to essentially perpetuate the stereotypes that the other teams are are putting against them. They're not making it easier on themselves when, when Riley and Madison are able to call out exactly how they're going to do when it comes to the driving. Yeah. Okay. Um, do we want to say anything else on the repelling, Jess? Are you ready to talk about? Okay, beer should, yoga? Should, we, should we talk about like the hung and D'Angelo stuff? Oh yes, yeah. Let's, uh, let's yeah. We better talk about that. Let's let's talk about that because uh, we saw that it was going to be the beginning of a big runner uh, here in this episode where uh, we're not talking about Will and James, uh, where it was going to be uh, that we we're going to see uh, hung uh, was going to give the answer to D'Angelo uh, that D'Angelo was going to be struggling with and. That would not be a good deed, which would be repaid. And on one 
I think in some circumstances, if you have something where everybody has to come up with the same answer yeah. and you are out in front, it does behoove you to work with the other people that are there and get the right answer together and move on. What I couldn't fathom was why did Hung wait around that long to make sure D'Angelo got it right? That was the part that really felt extra to me. And it also, like, these are people that, you know, you rode in a van with one time, so now do you owe them your life? And sure, Hung got tipped off that there was a word, and I think she solved it one time faster than she would have otherwise. But I think helping someone if they're 10 seconds behind you is different from waiting around for somebody so that they can then pass you. Yeah, I think I think that should be, if we're creating like a subset of the JL rules about specifically team cooperation slash alliances, I think it's exactly that. I think if you ever have to help a team out by waiting a substantial portion of time for them to finish, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's fine to tip someone off as you're crossing paths or even working together to accomplish a task together. But if you could, if you're sitting there looking at your watch to wait for your buddies to move forward together, then it really doesn't feel like uh, you you need for this to happen. That's when the, the race should become independent and you say, all right, I'm just going to go for my taxi. Because what ends up happening here is, of course, Hug and she get bit in the butt here where Gary, it's taxis are apparently short to come by around the hotel. And guess who gets to them first? The people they waited to help out in Gary and D'Angelo. Jess, do you think that this is going to be a thing that we've seen now? This is two weeks in a row. Uh, two people in the Alliance of Five talk about how we really don't like Gary and D'Angelo in this alliance. Uh, we saw Riley and Madison talk about how they're the people that we're not really that close to them. They're the, the freeloaders. Freeloaders. Yeah, they don't give anything back to the Alliance. Yeah, they're like my fourth best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's weird because I think on Survivor that has much more consequence, like when you're ranking or you're power ranking your friends and like the people you hold closer to you. It's like they think they could get rid of Gary and D'Angelo any time they wanted. Mm-hmm. Like they're just kind of keeping them around and you don't really have that much control over who you keep around and who you let go. Mm-hmm. If right. You're not getting to vote for them at any point. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the reason why I think Will and James at least have vocalized like the importance of the yield. Like I think they say that in the second leg, right? Of like all right, we just hope that everyone uses their yields correctly. So they sort of they built out their own onion in a way of, oh, we're, we're going to be the majority three out of five. But like you said, Jess, it's not that kind of show. I could appreciate what they're doing and sort of like hedging their bets and making sure that they're sort of insulated from all sides in case of a U-turn or a yield. But at the same time, that plan gets shot to sunshine if Gary and D'Angelo end up being first to the yield board. Yeah. And so there, there's so only so much you can plan for from that perspective. I mean, that being said, it would be the greatest payoff ever if Will and James sat on their yield this week and convinced somebody else to use their yield just so that they could deploy it and eliminate Gary and D'Angelo at the last possible opportunity. That would be like Boston wow. Rob level breaking the game. And I would be so here for that. Okay, well, we're halfway there. Yeah, step one accomplished. Yeah. Step two question mark. Step three profit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I, I don't want to walk past, uh, walk away from this uh, without. I also got some uh, good hung screaming. I know that uh, many of our <laughs> listeners, uh, they, uh, if they've enjoyed uh, listening to uh, hung scream earlier from the secret scenes. <laughs> That was in Brazil. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is... I want to add to my Hung screaming collection. Uh, This was Hung as uh, she was repelling 
down the building here tonight. She yodeling? <laughs> oh my god! I think the, the tough part is you think because the pre the like next time on last week made it seem like she was frightened out of her mind and maybe she is. It doesn't help in the context when it cuts to like Gary and she on the ground in hysterics as to <laughs> her reaction upon walking down the the building. Yeah. Okay. Memorable oh, reaction from Hung. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a different. That was an exuberant scream the first time out, and this is a slightly terrified scream. And I feel like it's more sporting to derive pleasure from the exuberant scream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, teams are going to start heading out to. Uh, <laughs> beer yoga belt it out or belch it out (laughs) rob i think i don't know if we've reached the troll level of Mm -hmm. absurdity but belt it out is pretty darn close Mm. it's 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 very very close this has to be one of the wackiest amazing race detour options we have had in several seasons we did have um speaking of kazakhstan Everybody had to dress in like a cow with one person being the butt of a cow back in Kazakhstan in season 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's top of mind for me. But yeah, this is pretty, this is pretty extra, but it's also fun. Like both of these looked fun. I don't know. I think I would, there's one of these that I would probably five hole and then there's, you know, they both looked fun. I could have done either one, but one of these is really like, that's my task. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, because I know that Jess, you are you are a musically inclined person, especially from like a Germanic perspective. So, and yeah. it actually does seem like you know the music tasks usually seem like they really seem like the kill the game killers for a lot of teams in the past. Really, does seem like all the teams that did the the chicken singing were pretty breezing through it. And maybe the cue cards certainly helped when it came to memorizing words, but it didn't seem that easy at all. But I also think there's probably some self-selection there of the teams that were probably going to be good at that were the teams that Mm. selected that. That's true. And it was really, it felt like that was more of a showmanship task and a being able to remember the words in a rhythm task. I don't think there were points deducted for not singing correctly. And I was amazed that there were cue cards because I really felt like they were going to have to memorize a song. And I think if I'd looked at that and said, you know, and read the descriptions, I would have thought you would have had to as well. Well, here's my question. Are we handicapping some of the musical tasks this season? Because remember, the steel drums also had like cue cards in front of them as to what they needed to play, including the numbers. So could it be that even the Amazing Race knows how hard these hard these tasks are, especially not for the musically inclined. So they're like, we're going to help them out a little bit, especially by making so much other stuff harder around it. Well, speaking... Yeah, I want to hear that in my in my in my little phone booth discotheque. Still <laughs> <laughs> I'd come and I lay my egg. <laughs> yeah, I think I think now we've reached the highest point of absurdity. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I I love that they like why why are they balking like chickens? This this is not the chorus of chicken men. This is just a, a quartet of like barbershop singers in white tie outfits, like last week's pit stop greeter saying, "All right." 
And then they're just saying, all right, now you're going to balk for this one. Like you're doing a Jimmy Fallon skit. And they're saying, well, we're expect we're like very much respected German musicians, but okay for national television. And also I'm confused because the song is called like, I want to be a chicken, but they're dressed up like chickens. Is it like sort of like well, dress, dress for the job you want? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be a chicken so much that I'm going to dress like one and pretend to be one. I mean, I've got a four year old. I know how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cosplay. Yeah, cosplay. like chicken co- chicken cosplay bock play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but we we're going to spend more time at beer yoga first. Uh, Jess, on uh, another podcast I do called News AF, uh, that we talk about uh, different things that are allegedly uh, fads around the world. And I feel like that we've uh, stumbled upon this, maybe not under the name of beer yoga, but under the name of broga. Mm. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Broga. Yeah, this is this has its own Wikipedia page. This is a legitimate capital T thing. Yes. Okay. So uh, here's my question: uh, Are the goat yoga people changing profession upon seeing this episode, realizing that there's more profitability in this and less animal waste? <laughs> <We go> <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, the most disappointing thing to me about the beer yoga is the revelation via Gary's Twitter that that was not alcoholic beer. Oh. oh, yeah. I mean, I guess they're they're from a liability perspective, you can't get them too too drunk. But I feel like that's that's the point, though, right? It's like the more you have to do it, the more sips you have to take, the more yeah. inebriated get you get, the harder you have a time of memorizing everything. Mm. I have always said that there should be more drinking games on the Amazing Race, and mm-hmm. I know it's probably not the most sensitive thing. Like we always have people on the race who don't drink for one reason or another, but. You know, you just say like, go belt for it instance, out. yeah, you just yeah, go bop, bop. saying people who people who do not drink need to take the other one or like, you know, Gary could not do the repelling task because he was over the weight limit. So oh, was he? OK. Hmm. Yeah. I thought for sure the reason that they stopped um, that they stopped having people drive midway through the leg had everything to do with the fact that they were going to make him drink beer. And I was yeah. really disappointed when it turned out that not only were they not drinking real beer, they were doing fake sips. Yeah, this is a this is a, a weird task because you would think initially it's just, you know, do the yoga poses, which were pretty admittedly rudimentary yoga poses, right? You did like a sun salutation you did that. You did this, the like the little, uh, little like arabesque, like warrior, beer warrior pose. one, and it's uh, yeah. You can't add beer, beer to a yoga pose two. to make it beer yoga. Okay, mm-hmm. I I think you really you need to workshop that a little harder. I would mm-hmm. like to see some beer puns in there, but I guess it's they probably usually do it in German, so maybe there are good puns in German. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't think of any in English. Yes, did they do a beer downward facing dog? Or downward facing beer. <laughs> that was part of the sun salutation. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but it turns out, as she sort of suggested, that there was almost like a script you had to follow as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So when it said teach the class, I was sort of like put that in my own quotations of like, okay, they're not really going to have them teach the class. But no, uh, you actually had to go through, including the proper terminology for beer yoga and all of its beer placements in the beer script. Uh, and also, if you're Gary, you get to also chide several students as to what they're doing wrong in their various beer poses. Yeah. And this is why they should have been drinking real beer, because it would have been so hilarious that the more you do it, the more you have to drink. And the more you drink, the harder it will be to remember. 
I can guarantee you if they did this task on Amazing Race Canada, that would be real beer. And you would see John Montgomery drinking a real pitcher of beer before he demonstrated the task. Mm-hmm. Or while, yeah, while he's in like, uh, he has his legs behind his back and he's just chugging a pitcher of beer while he demonstrates. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're going to see, uh, Gary and D'Angelo, uh, they are, they are there first. Uh, they did not struggle with this. I, I kind of thought Mike that, uh, and Gary would, uh, really have some issues here. Yeah. You think just because like he's bigger, he's probably a little bit clumsier, but no, the blowfish was able to get his pins aligned here and they were, they were able to just work through it like fairly quickly i mean again it seemed like fairly straightforward once you realized that it was a memory thing and that you just had to go through the motions quite literally and the script so yet it's actually seemed more straightforward than i think you make i think actually both of these tasks seemed unlike a lot of tasks this season were executed easier than i think we initially expected them to be Mm. which is fine i'm fine with giving these teams a bit of a break because they have been running on fumes like a trevant basically since the very beginning. So I am more than happy if they, if they, you know, let up the gas a little bit on some of these tasks. Yeah, it is a good point, but it was also, it was kind of a shock to see the show cutting anybody a break because it's been so relentless. They've said this is one of the hardest races they ever did. And, We've seen this play out over and over and over, but then it's like, oh, beer yoga, but you don't have to drink real beer and singing a song in German, but you get cue cards. Mm -hmm. It really felt like it was like they were saying that they were going to go get executed and then people shot him with Nerf guns. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're going to meet the president, but but it's a cardboard cutout of Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was the cardboard cutout of Barack Obama. (laughs) Speaking of Amazing Race 22. Yeah. Okay, um, Riley and Madison probably struggled the most with uh, beer yoga class out of any of the teams. Uh, They were really struggling with the uh, memory challenge. Uh, Nobody was struggling uh, too much over at Belted Out. Yeah, even Iswar and Aparna, who will have a problem with energy in the second leg, were able to keep it up. And even Iswar was like dropping down a little bit, you know, he was he was giving a little little uh, chicken twerk. Again, it was showmanship. It was yeah. all showmanship. Uh, I want to go back to Kaylin and Haley, though, uh, who at the repelling task, uh, we were going to see Haley uh, really struggling with uh, going up and down. And really, she gets from Leo that, hey, there's going to be a clue or you have to answer a question or do a word scramble. But he does not reveal what it is. And uh, that is upsetting to her. Yeah, I wonder, you know, Leo uh, posted this right before we came on about how, you know, Phil asked them at the mat several times, like, do you think there are alliances? And they did not think so. So it's clear that this whole mind five thing actually was pretty under wraps up until this moment. I wonder if it wasn't if Leo and Alana would have helped out Kaylin and Haley, because mm-hmm. then it would have been more of an us versus them mentality yeah. and less of a, OK, we're just going to survive. So Leo won't give out this very vague clue of it's a big word. You'll figure it out. And then coupled with Aparna being like, thanks, Leo, for, you know, not so covertly helping me get the word that you obviously knew because you got it and won't tell anyone else what the word is. Yeah. Just. I mean, that's. I, I thought that the most amazing part of this whole sequence was so Haley is doing it over and over and over again. She's not getting it. She memorizes all the letters. She goes up to a, 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 a random person and gives them the letters. And without like a pad or a pen, 
random woman is able to figure out the word. Mm. Could they do like a partner swap like they did in season 30? Can that woman fill in for Haley now? This was amazing. It was pretty, it was a pretty good trick. I wonder if you weren't allowed to write anything down because nobody did. But I don't think anybody banked on someone going in and asking a complete stranger, if I give you these 10 random letters, can you unscramble them for me? Without a pen. I just, I I love this situation because the way she also couched it, because I don't know how much you can say, but she walked up to people and said, I'm playing a game. Imagine someone who's covered in repelling Mm -hmm. gear. You're doing your nighttime shopping and someone's like, hey, I'm playing a game. I'm going to give you 10 letters and you figure out what the word is. You're like, okay, are you Billy Eichner? If not, then I'm going to say I'm sick and I'm going to leave you right now. I would have said I was sick too. But there's another component, Mike, that you're forgetting. Yes. The camera. The camera. Mm Mm-hmm. That that will help so, that with people with answering questions. I'm yeah, on TV. I think people either run far away or they're very drawn willing to, to it. help you because they're yeah, being filmed. Yeah. The second we saw those blur faces, we know like they did not sign the release. I do not think they're helping Haley. <laughs> yeah, nope. just uh, could this be a tar pit game of give us uh, like uh, ten letters of a uh, of a phrase? I feel like, Mike, you've done this on the B and B with the anagrams. Uh, yeah, not, I, I, not got- similar. I've gotten anagrams in my head. I do not want to five-hole this, but it is something that I sort of, like, see in, in front of me now. So I don't know if I would have been able to help Haley, especially without a, a pen and paper. But, I mean, luckily she had her guardian angel here that, granted, they were going to stay in the race no matter what, but at least keep them uh, slightly ahead of where they would have finished had they not received that assistance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a- anything else on this leg before we get to the mat? I want to talk about Kaylin and Haley's cab driver. Yes. Oh, yeah. We got to talk about that guy. Because that guy was awesome. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he, he seemed just, like he was on his way to the teledisco. He was ready for a good time. <laughs> he was just busting chops left and right. Yeah. Uh, look, it's very important to have a good cab driver. They've got some bad ones also, Kaylin and Haley. Right, but I, but I think it's uh, less so about navigational ability, and this one was more so about personality. So if you don't remember in the beginning, uh, this is when they got in the taxi because they were the last to get in, and the guy's like, okay, can you slow down and just tell it to me really, really slow? And then once they did, they were sort of complaining about like, yeah, the fastest people always get the first taxis, and I think Kaylin was like, I'm not a good runner, and then he muses like, uh, why don't you run faster? You don't look fat. And it's a very, very fine line to have that work in front of strangers. And I think he was able to do it. Mm-hmm. He's just on the right side of that line. <laughs> well done. And he only gets a pass because he's because it's English is probably his third or fourth language. And if you can if you can nail a joke with like the German sensibility and not in your native language, I think you get a pass. Um, uh, also, should we talk about uh, Gary and D'Angelo finishing in first here? Yeah, Gary and D'Angelo finishing first. Uh, they each would get $7,500. Uh, this fact would be brought up to <laughs> Hung and Chi. And uh, I have, Mike, I have never seen this before where Phil really rubs it in another team's face <laughs> that a different team got the prize and they didn't. Do you think it's scary? It's because it's Gary and D'Angelo and Phil loves to dunk on them. And he's like, oh, man, I have to dunk on somebody else now that Gary and D'Angelo finished in first place. So sorry, Hung and Chi, you get the brunt of my wrath. Hung and Chi, you could have had $15,000, but you told them. You, you told too them nice. The what were you thinking? Nice guys, what? nice guys finished third. Mm-hmm. What law enforcement agency is enforcing this? <laughs> 
but don't tell people police have called. Mm-hmm. They said that you you broke their rule, and so they you'll said be in, that snitches get stitches. You'll, you'll you be deducted it. fifteen thousand dollars potentially. You blew it. Okay. Um, Phil is going to also uh, really try to uh, troll Kaylin and Haley pretty hard just when they get to the mat. Well, that's the thing that Phil lives for. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. his, it's clearly his favorite part is when somebody rolls up thinking they're being eliminated and he just drags it out as mm-hmm. long as possible. And he's just living for the moment where he gets to tell them that their race yeah. is not over. Well, I mean, how often do you get to give good news like that? A, I, a lot I see to it. them. Well, and especially in an unbelievable situation like Jess, I'm trying to remember who was the last team to get non-eliminated twice in the same season. So I feel like it, I feel um, like it's been a little while, right? I would maybe argue maybe maybe since the days of the Beekmans. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking Beekmans, but they're just the obvious example because they survived two they survived two non-elimination legs and went on to win. Has anybody ever gotten 3? Has anybody gotten all yes. the non-elimination legs? I think so because back in the early days of the show, it was a given that the penultimate leg of the race was going to be a non-elimination right. leg. And so mm-hmm. you had a lot of teams that would win the race after surviving two non-eliminations. Um, yeah, I believe I uh, think- BJ and Tyler, I think, placed last in two non-eliminations and ended up winning as an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I want to know, I feel like Flo and Zach definitely had two non-elimination ra- legs, but I don't know. They may have even had three. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay. But I feel like it's, it's a rarity, right? Because I think just due to the variance of the legs, it doesn't, I mean, you know, you would say that it all doesn't help that these two legs occurred, you know, one right after the other, sort of in a, in a manner of speaking. But it was an odd situation that was very similar to what happened in, uh, what was it, in, in Paraguay, I guess, where Kater and Haley fell behind at the roadblock, stayed behind, and then got non-eliminated. So you could sort of see almost like the disbelief in Phil's tone as well. I see what you're saying, Rob, with, with wanting to do the swerve. But he was also a little bit like, I, you think that your luck has run out? Somehow it has not. You are still here. <laughs> yes. I can't believe it. Mohawk man, can you believe it? Hmm. Could not. Mike, you had the best tweet about Mohawk man. That I called him hot topic. <laughs> what I call him hot topic brought to life. You said he was hot topic if he was a person. If hot topic was a person. I mean, this man is. I hope he's not one of the expats living in this pit stop because I I don't know how I would react to this person being an actual figure and not like a character <laughs> that has been a spell has brought him out of a cartoonist book into real life. This man is truly ridiculous. It's amazing. I mean, he's not the most ridiculous breeder we've ever had <laughs> right but like i think his look is just he reminds me of that that kid who spock dismisses on the bus in star trek the voyage home <laughs> wow <laughs> like topical and current, yes Mike. yeah you want to say like double dumbass on you uh that's what phil may, may have said to caitlin and Haley. but like this guy's like bring it in man like he hugs gary and d'angelo i'm just so mystified by this man and what 1990s like cryogenic freezing compartment he came out of maybe that's what the teledisco was used for back in the day mm-hmm. it's like a demolition man <laughs> set yeah exactly yeah. Like he's, he's the austin powers of the amazing race 32 right. All right. He's way too clean to be a punk guy. <laughs> I feel like he's, you know, he's showered and like, I bet that guy smells really good. <laughs> Does it like cream? 
<laughs> it spells better than cream. All right. We have a whole other leg to talk about here on this amazing race recap. But let me thank a sponsor for this episode of the podcast. And those are our friends over at ButcherBox because not everybody has convenient access to high quality meat. Not always easy to get out to the Kazakhstan meat bazaar every now and then, especially now. It can be hard to find 100% grass-fed finished beef we saw how hard it was for teams to find some high quality meat outside their yurt in the second hour of the amazing race today's sponsor butcher box believes everybody deserves high quality humanely sourced meat and at butcher box they are going to give you their steak sampler with six grass-fed grass finish steaks when you sign up now because the best steak night is the free steak night mike no lies detected absolutely do not yield make sure that you you can but i'll i'll say you should certainly cook your steak for more than 10 or 20 minutes if if you don't want to be eating raw meat i'm all about you rare steak (laughs) yeah Every month, ButcherBox will ship you a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. No added antibiotics or hormones ever. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals, and they are shipped frozen and vacuum-sealed, so they stay that way. You can go with one of their custom boxes or one that they have already selected. Either way, you get exactly what you want. It's a no-brainer, unlike uh, what they were serving in Kazakhstan. Uh, in the yurt. Uh, It's the best meat shipped right to your door, which means one less trip to the grocers. Options like 100% grass-fed and finished beef, free-range organic chicken, heritage pork, or my favorite, wild-caught Alaskan salmon. It's the way meat should be. With ButcherBox, you get the highest quality meat for around $6 a meal for a limited time. New members get six free grass-fed, grass-finished steaks when they go to butcherbox.com slash RJP. That's two New York strips and Four top sirloins added to your first box for free. Act quickly. This offer is only good through Cyber Monday. That's six grass-fed, grass-finished steaks for free in your first box. It's great for a gift or for yourself. Go to butcherbox.com slash RHAP. That's butcherbox.com slash RHAP. All right. Kazakhstan. Jess, is this a first for the race? No. No. We've been there before? Yeah, season 13. Uh, Yeah. It's actually... A great leg, and we had a lot of callbacks to that leg, I think. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say, Rob, that this is the first time we've been to Kazakhstan. Not! <laughs> I, Mike, you get 90 seconds of Borat, and that's it, and then you have to stop. Yeah, exactly. Then, then I, but I, thank you for giving me the full 90 seconds, as, as Hung did as well, even if I'm done with my Borat with the first, my wife, and then that's it. You, <laughs> right, I you get have, a full 90 seconds. You have the allotted time. You can still... No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> If you if you're done, it's okay. I'm just happy that when it came to like they were talking about Kazakhstan and they were talking about filming movies, they didn't have to like r- wrestle a, a naked man in a hotel elevator. <laughs> I think I've never laughed harder at a scene in a movie than I did at that one. I don't know what that says about mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Um. Uh, we have to start this. We have to start this leg by talking about that promo. Yeah. Oh, oh that big. my god! It was so epic. They had to show it to us twice, and it was like. <laughs> It was an ad for a completely different show that was not it's like, the show. Is this we a new CBS procedural that's coming it, out? I'm it like, was this an, a lot it, like the Amazing Race. 
it was an ad for criminal minds (laughs) well do you you remember when the amazing Race first came out there was a show called lost that aired on nbc that was very Mm -hmm. much styled like this right it was teams of two Mm -hmm. it was very much themed as like a survival show that's what we got here right it was like my god it must be 10 below zero a horse rides by with a man on fire like it looked like an hbo prestige drama teaser better get ready (laughs) yeah (laughs) was this like filmed courtesy of the uh kazakhstan production company like 60 frames per second they they came out like cut 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 you can't you can't say the line i'm saying more excited more Mm -hmm. depressed yeah, this was epic. I, I'm like, I'm still watching this show. That uh, I'm, I'm so confused. I'm seeing a commercial for a show that looks nothing like the show. In the middle of the show, I'm already watching. It was, it was very cognitive dissonance. Yeah. And the best part is I hear the music. And I'm like, oh, good, it's a commercial. And then they show like Madison on the screen in his yellow hat, like totally the opposite of the tone and the color palette that is happening. It was. It was very, very strange. I, I think I'm going to have to say right now, I think we're going to have to do a full breakdown of this video in the tar because I think <laughs> yes. there is so Sounds much good. between the the imagery, the sounds, just so much dramatic. I legitimately thought a team might die in Kazakhstan. That's the way they were sort of building this up, like the ultimate fight for survival and one team won't make it out. Stay tuned for the amazing race. <laughs> okay, um, let's uh, talk about All right, We're going to. Head to uh, Kazakhstan. Everybody's on the same flight, and we are going to... Uh, yeah. Yes. And we have, we have a D'Angelo who makes a fun metaphor of comparing the blondes to an insect who you try to squash, but is able to nestle into the groove of your shoe. I, I love metaphors that are very oddly specific, yet relatable, and I feel like D'Angelo Williams has that unlocked. Mm-hmm. He's got it. Um, He's the king of that. Yes. All right. Well, they were going to be able to get out of the shoe on this leg of the race and uh, end up with uh, Leo and Alana as the team that could not escape the shoe here in uh, the second hour of the Amazing Race. We're going to get ready. (laughs) They're coming coming for for shoe. Uh, do you want to be winners at soul? (laughs) Great (laughs) con spy or knockout guy. Uh, this was uh, this was pretty ridiculous in other ways. I'll I'll admit when we were spending an entire task and detour in a film studio, I was like, "What? What are we doing? What was like? Are we should we go out and explore the country? Why no. are we? Why are we dressing ourselves up and going around a studio like it's the end of Blazing Saddles? Yeah, we have to do the Battle of Winterfell. Exactly. With uh, I guess I don't know. I don't know how many swords were at win- the Battle of Winterfell. How many flags and spears? Mm. How many arrows I mean, went through Jojen Reed? <laughs> I mean, Mike, we're we're looking at maybe this is the future of the Amazing Race. Like they just go to different cities, and then every task takes place in a closed set so that everybody is quarantined. Just how many Genghis Khan movies get made? <laughs> Look, I've only ever seen one Genghis Khan movie, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's the only one you've seen as well. Mm. And I, I really, I enjoyed the historical accuracy of when he went into the sporting goods store and wrecked. I was going to say, I, I think, I think we've all seen that one. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I wish like, there, I wish know. there was a Bill and Ted themed leg. Then, like for the roadblock, we can bring back the binge eating where they have to eat the Iggy Piggy the entire ice cream sundae. Mm. <laughs> yep, you have to go down the water slide. Mm. They've done that on Amazing Race. Mike, what would you have chosen? Would you have been Great Con Spy or the Knockout Guy? The Knockout Guy. I think Knockout Guy was the way to go on this one. Because I think it was, as long as you had the energy and you had the choreography down, it was very easy to accomplish this in one go to the point where I think, you know, the Volley Bros and Will and James 
end up getting it done super quickly whereas the the and james messed it up pretty badly mm-hmm. yeah but that's the thing as well is it, it's subject subjectivity the problem with uh queer eyed con or what's craig con spy uh was <laughs> there was a rhyme and i forgot it so i went with queer eyed con <laughs> um was the the issue with that was as Chi pointed out you don't know what they're asking for until you already see it one time those you're automatically guaranteed to do it twice at least yeah so it's like i'd rather go for the thing that i can get on the first try than the thing i'm guaranteed not to get mm-hmm. yeah it did seem like it was hard the only way you could screw up the the fight was just like to not be into it and to not pay attention to it mm-hmm. yeah or like or like to be out of sync with your partner where like d'angelo and gary like one rushes ahead much more than the other one and they can't take take down the spear together mm-hmm. yeah you can't if you if you have to fight if you're both fighting one guy, you got to both be there. <laughs> also, I think D'Angelo Williams like kind of kicked the crap out of one of these stunt guys. Like there was the one where they were, uh, I guess the first one when they were sort of battling with the swords and D'Angelo Williams was kind of like smacking this man with whatever sack of flour he was given. And it looked like they were leaving some welts. He was really getting into it. <laughs> I don't think they were prepared for NFL players to be doing this task. Yeah. I think the actors were not briefed on that. Yeah, if I was the spearman, I would not want two NFL players to be running towards me at top speed. D'Angelo Williams has a lot of like pent up aggression towards Gary that he needed to <laughs> take out on Genghis Khan's foot soldiers. Damn blowfish. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. we got we got a little bit of tension here though from Gary and D'Angelo that you know simmered very quickly, but we they have their own sort of ninety second method where Gary just like is pissed at how long it takes D'Angelo to get through it, but they're fine after the break. I think Gary was just very impatient. Yeah, uh, we had a guy who was uh, riding a horse and had like a what, what was what was, did he have a bag on fire? No, he was on fire. Oh, the bag was on the man on fire. was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like reading my notes like that doesn't make sense. What would it be a man on fire? Um, but uh, he dropped off the clue and then also the speed bump for Kalen and Haley. Uh, just where does uh, glue a beard on uh, rank in the pantheon of speed bumps? I think the I think maybe the true punishment of this speed bump, like it didn't actually take them that long. But the true no. punishment was the fact that they had to wear it for the rest. of the <laughs> Yeah. Mike, did they intentionally go for beards that would most resemble Riley and Madison? Well, my question that we've been asked a couple times is, what if Riley and Madison had the speed bump? Hmm. Would they have to put beards on their beards? (laughs) I don't know. They'd have to shave their beards and then put on a fake one. Yeah, oh, that might be the thing. That, and that would be a truly longer speed bump then. Mm-hmm. That was something like the Afghanimals had a makeup task and they had to do the other detour because they said, if you want to do this task, you have to shave your beard. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. I remember that now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this was, God, this took me back to high school theater, particularly mm-hmm. that like prosthetic glue, the spirit gum. Uh, when, I was in, when I was in high school, I remember I had to wear a fake mustache for a show that I was doing. This is the first time I did Oklahoma, not the one where I broke the guy's nose. Uh, and to not, because the mustache yeah. was very... Talk was about very D'Angelo di- Williams taking his uh, aggression out on uh, these actors. Don't get, exactly. get Mike don't, Bloom don't, don't get uh, me in a stunt in scene. Kazakhstan. Exactly. You get a spear through the chest accidentally. So Mike's um, been in two different productions of Oklahoma, I think is the least surprising sentence I've ever heard. But well, I had to wear a mustache. The other guy and wasn't th- okay. I, and and L A H O M A. But the the fourteen year old me thought I'm gonna be really smart here. So I said, 
I can't, I can't put on the fake mustache. I'm allergic to latex. And they said, oh, don't worry. We have spirit gum, which is much goopier and grosser to drape over your lip. And it's nice and warm. Don't worry. So it definitely is like, a, you know, you try to weasel your way out of something. You end up getting the must worst option. And it never comes off. Like it takes no. forever to get that stuff off your face. I you you have to you have to like cover yourself in rubbing alcohol to yeah. take it off. I did it. I did it for Halloween one year, and I did it for Comic Con one time, and never again. Gross. Yeah, super gross. Yeah, I uh, should have been a chicken for Comic Con. Yeah, I, I could have worn like the tuxedo and the chicken suit. It would have been much better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, also known as uh, the Great Con, Comic Con. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we're going to see teams working on their fighting. Uh, Iswar and Aparna just seemed like they weren't into it. Yeah. I, Come on, Iswar and Aparna. I know they can sell it because I watched them sell the chicken dance. So I don't know what the problem was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe Iswar is a lover, not a fighter. Or he's <laughs> a singer, not a fighter. It so just he's just like, them, I, it's was, like, I don't know what, what's my motivation. It was like they had to run through it one time so that they knew what the challenges would be so that they could go through it a second time and nail it. Mm-hmm. But I also loved that, like, they didn't necessarily sacrifice themselves. Uh, like, I loved Eswar musing after the fact of, like, we got through it by doing a bunch of pointless yelling. Like, he was clearly very <laughs> ju- judging the criteria of the task of, like, we don't need to hoot and holler. We, we can very fight calm just and as easily. As we fight. Yeah, we don't have to make a whole ruckus. And this is the same... These are the same people that... That slayed the chicken dance in the last leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I also, I just love, I love the pointless yelling as well. I don't know if it's on the hung scale of things, but then just like climbing the ladder going like, like it's, it was so nonsensical, but they really were like, yeah. okay, you want, you want volume? I'm going to give you freaking volume. This was a missed opportunity that we didn't get to see hung and she do this. That's true. <laughs> Hung well, would have had no problem. Have, yeah, she would not have been able. To she, do it. she would not like. Uh, she we that we really we need you to bring it. Like, well, I, I thought I was bringing it, but yeah. yeah. All right, I, here I we go. Sword. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna hit the guy with the sword. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> 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 um, meanwhile, uh, great con spy, Hung and Chi. Leo and Alana would be working on this. Eventually, uh, Kaylin and Haley. You had to count a bunch of things and then go visit the great Khan and answer all of his uh, trivia questions. Uh, just, we saw eventually... True to life, yes. I believe this is actually historically accurate. That's what they would do. Yeah. Hung and Chi, ultimately, we're going to get through this. But Leo and Alana really hung up on how many spears. What is a spear and what is a flag? Mm. It's... It's it's rough. It's it's a it's a challenge. Um, it was it's a, it goes goes back to the the team in season fifteen that didn't know what a candelabra was. Yes, mm, yes, mm-hmm. Mike. Uh, the big difference that in my mind between a spear and a flag is that a flag has a piece of fabric hanging off of it, and a spear does not. Yeah, you don't pledge allegiance to the spear unless it's Britney Spears. Sure, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, so that was the issue. I think there was a lot of mix-ups. But there, even besides that, I think once Leo and Alana kept getting answers wrong, they kept getting in their own heads about it. Especially once they both started counting the spears, because then it would be like Leo would say, "I counted seven. Alana would say, "I counted nine. And then it's like, where do you go from there? Yeah, you know, who do you go with from that perspective? And 
I have to imagine that to reset the whole thing, like uh, just what's the minute 20, 25 minutes to like everybody back to one for our uh, yeah. another take. And- put, put that man out. Let's set him on fire again. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to be the man on fire having to do this 10 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Leo even tweeted that they actually they had two different breaks where they took a 15 minute coffee break in the middle of the this. <laughs> Well, it's their union rules, Smoke right? If you got them. <laughs> yeah. Everybody take a yeah, break. Yeah, I mean, and, and maybe that's where we sort of see that scene, right? Where Leo is able to sort of perkle on up. Because, yeah, this is, we've seen this all the time in Amazing Race. Like, a team is doing pretty solid, but there's just one task that just completely shatters them. And in this case, it was the discrepancy, and it was probably just getting the questions wrong, and especially having Kaylin and Haley pass them as well. It's got to be pretty dispiriting as just an Amazing Race team to have a team that's behind you come in and leave the task before you do mm-hmm. like that just has to drive your mood down further especially when you don't know exactly what you got wrong and you assume it's just down to the spears and even that you're misunderstanding i have a name for this that actually comes from my own experience yes um, i we used to do these we used to do these fake amazing races in new york uh where teams of two would kind of we'd have detours and roadblocks and they'd be based on like free things you could do in new york and i ran with my friend chris one year and he had to go into an art gallery full of ads and find this word that didn't even seem like a word and we were first sauerkraut it was yeah it was about like that um it was the word was salady so we call them the salady moments and he was the we were the first ones to the roadblock and we were like the fifth to leave because he could not find it and i just sitting out there like watching people go in and come out and we actually celebrated like the eight-year anniversary of salady the other day and i saw this happen to leo and alana and i'm like somewhere my friend chris is sitting at home going it's salady it's salady so that's my anecdote yeah. Can we use salady in a sentence? Um, this salad that I just purchased was extremely salad. Mm-hmm. And I'm completely oh. serious. Like, that was the context. Weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I can't really think of many things to describe besides salads as salady. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know either. It was... <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I got this uh, Big Mac with uh, extra lettuce uh, to salady. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's too many vegetables. It's too salady. Too salady. Okay. All right. Uh, have you been up to the uh, buffet? Uh, very Too salady. Oh, so salady. <laughs> so salady. <laughs> the solidity of it is just out of the charts. Okay. Uh, anything else at the film studio you want to touch on, Mike? I do think, you know, again, maybe a reason why I wasn't a big fan of this detour was I saw a lot that used the lower third to make distinctions as to which side of the detour it was, which they never do. And the only reason they did it is because they kind of look the same, mm-hmm. right? They're they're wearing the similar outfits. They're in similar time periods when it comes to these film pieces. And so that shows first and foremost how if you if you couldn't take a look at these detours blindly and see how different they are, maybe it shows that it's they, it's not the strongest. Ass. They were certainly eye popping and very memorable to look at. But I don't know. I, it just felt weird to me that we're like, welcome to Kazakhstan. Please go into the closed doors of this film studio for the next task and mm-hmm. devote yourself into filming a movie that takes place thousands of years ago. Hey, everybody knows about Kazakhstan's uh, very happening film industry. If you can yeah, make it, it in was... Kazakhstan, you can make it anywhere. It's it up to you, Amity Amity. <laughs> All right. Love. Uh, I have one more thing to add about yes. the tour design, because this is something we haven't seen in a while. 
Um, there was a limited number of people who could do each half of the detour, and that had oh, to yeah. get down to the fact that they hired all those extras, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to have the the spy half of it sit there unused while everybody did the cool half. <laughs> yeah. Like, what um, if those guys, I think the only thing worse than having to be a guy on fire 12 times is getting to be the guy on fire, and then nobody comes and does, does your task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's another sliding door as well. Maybe if Kalen and Haley had done the stunts instead of the, the quiz, maybe they wouldn't have gotten out there as quickly. Maybe they wouldn't have yielded, yielded Leo and Alana, and then it's an entirely different outcome. Uh, it all turns on a dime. Yeah, but I would think that they would have gotten through the stunts quicker, no? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they're they're not stunt people. Maybe they're they're much like Iswar and Aparna. They're not devoted to the cause. Yeah. I mean, they were already in full beard. I think that they probably would have been in character and ready to go. <gasps> yeah, they're the yeah. Method. It's closer to find your motivation when you have the beard already. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, let's uh, head out to uh, the yurts to go and uh, really go out into the wilderness in uh, Kazakhstan to visit some nomads. And uh, we're going to uh, try to uh, pimp their yurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a Bob Crowley five hole if there ever was one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have a yield also in place. And we see Will and James talking about, like, a nobody is yielding. What's with these people? I mean, th- this is the, clearly the reality TV contestant side of them, right? Like, that's one of the reasons why they wanted to use the U-turn. I think they want to make good TV. And so they're like, why is nobody else doing this? But I think, like, Riley Madison voiced it very simply and, and you know, very effectively. They're nice guys. They don't feel like needlessly doing this if they're not going to use it for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. I, I disagree. I'm sure they are nice guys, but I think like they are just dying to do every single race twist that there is. Mm-hmm. They're excited. You know. yeah, yeah, they're excited. Now, uh, we'll see later on when uh, we're going to get to Kaylin and Haley and trying to uh, push them to talk about or to use the yield. That was a very dramatic moment in the episode as teams were working on their yurt. Eventually, Kaylin and Haley are going to uh, get over there and wow. they're like, OK, we get to the we see the yield. Uh, yeah, we're, we're probably not going to use it. We're going to use it. And then uh, here comes uh, here comes James to yell out like, hey, you you guys should definitely use the yield. Yeah, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I did not expect them to actually do it, especially when we got the act break, the commercial break, because mm-hmm. always what happens on Amazing Race is a team looks in trouble. It slows down. Commercial comes back. Everything's OK. Mm-hmm. So I did not expect things to actually carry out. I mean, I will say this season has surprised me a lot when it comes to the institution of these twists. Like second episode, I certainly did not expect, uh, you know, uh, Haley and Kaylin to U-turn Jerry and Frank. And I guess I also did not expect Kaylin and Haley to yield Leo and Alana. So they just keep on surprising mm-hmm. me. Uh, but I, I did not think like I thought it was OK, maybe too much pressure from the other five teams yelling at them to do this but no i guess peer pressure sort of ended up winning out here and that kaylin and Haley said all right i guess it is taking a long time we might as well guarantee ourselves move forward and yield leo and yeah. alana here so it was will and then uh it was uh riley or madison uh that was like yeah oh yeah definitely do it you definitely gotta you, use you heard yeah. you heard Ishwar do it too oh Ishwar, okay all yeah, right so i think that this really benefited from a coalition of the five teams were all there 
they were all coming from the same angle they could all come as a united front maybe except gary and d'angelo because they're you know lollygagging elsewhere and say like yeah you should definitely do it and there's definitely not an alliance between us so you know that these are very different yet unanimous opinions Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah interesting uh that it was the two teams not in the alliance uh who were then forced to u-turn each other or yield each other yeah, it's sort of like, again, if we go back to like the Survivor example, like if there was an alliance of five and they went to one of the other at the outsiders and said, OK, it's either you or this person tonight. So like, come vote with us to make sure it's not you. Mm-hmm. Right. They're essentially saying like, no, you need to get rid of this. And James and Will vocalize that this was also the perfect opportunity to finally do the final destination on Leo and Alana, who they tried to get rid of last time. I, I still can't believe it actually happened. And here's my hot take. I don't know if it's, it's as hot as, you know, uh, Gary was feeling in the yurt. But I do not think we're going to see another yield used the rest of the race. Yeah, I mean, it w- if we did, it wouldn't be as fun. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, to use another survivor term, uh, James and Will have, have vanquished their dragon. They're the dragon slayer. I don't know why they would <laughs> Leo feel and Alana need- were the dragons? I mean, that's what, listen, uh, them, Brendan Sinnott, like, they're, they're clearly one in the same. Uh, I do not see a reason why at this moment Will and James would be like, okay, we feel the need to have to do this, unless they're in sort of like a Kaylin and Haley situation where they're in second to last and they know there's one other team behind them. Yeah, um, this was the quote after, uh, you know, if there was uh, maybe some self-doubt creeped in about, uh, should we have told them to use the yield? It's not the amazing best friend race. Yeah. It's not the I also realize how much Will, Will sometimes sounds like Jack McBrayer from 30 Rock. <laughs> it's not the amazing best friend race. I could swear that was him. Yeah, because it sounds like him, right? <laughs> Will yeah, James I, I just, also in their confessional that uh, that they are super supportive because in, in almost all their confessionals, one says something and then the other one like like hysterically dies laughing. I'm so glad they found each other. Yes. Because I can you imagine what it must be like to have someone that gets you on that level and that laughs at everything you say that is supposed to be funny? Because mm-hmm. I sure can't. <laughs> yeah. Same. But Big I same. do I do believe that uh this is a bit of a copy pasta from uh not only previous reality shows, but a reality show that Will himself was a part of. Yes. So on America's Next Top Model, I believe it was uh, back in like, I can't remember, maybe one of the early seasons, I remember someone saying, this is not America's Next Top Best Friend. And of course, infamously, LaShawn Beyond and RuPaul's Drag Race said, this is not RuPaul's Best Friend's Race. So the the term best, insert best friend, like beer and beer yoga into mm-hmm. a reality show. Best has Friend Warrior One. Exactly. It sort of made its way uh, through the shows. It has just now arrived at Amazing Race. Okay. Um, the teams were going to be uh, struggling with decorating uh, their yurt. Uh, again, we had a very surly judge uh, nomad in the yurt. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down. I guess you probably don't have like a super o- overly friendly nomad. Well, you know, if you if you stay in one place long enough to make friends, I think it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, is, so is, is he a roaming nomad? <laughs> yeah, Travelocity roaming nomad. Travelocity, I'm not sure if he's on the app. Um, Mike, it seemed like that the biggest stumbling block was uh, finding the boiled lamb's head. Yeah, so this is a tried and true task of the Amazing Race, especially Amazing Race Canada. Uh, I feel like they have this task at least once every season of mm-hmm. like, copy this layout, put it over here. 
Uh, and yeah, there's always sort of like one tricky detail. I mean, we even saw this with the cars, yeah, right? The, the connecting horn. the horn was yeah. like the the one thing. And they, Riley and Madison even talked about that. So yeah, the the delicacy of the boiled lamb's head, which had to be boiled as well, uh, was was the key. That and <laughs> yeah. we also saw much like it was sort of a distillation actually of the roadblock from the leg before, in that we had some teams tipping off other teams albeit sometimes accidentally, as to what they needed to do. Yes, okay, so we had that moment where, okay, uh, Hung and Chi found the boiled goat head, and then uh, D'Angelo and Gary ran past them and said, hey, where, where do you get the, the, the lamb's head from? And then Chi, uh, Hung says, oh, it's right over there. You just go ask that person. God, She'll help God. you. Oh, stupid. So stupid. <laughs> yeah, Chi was not happy. Yes. Yeah, if she was like, I, I really am disappointed in you. Yeah. I'm very angry right now and I'm upset. Yeah. All right. And this brings me to as they were leaving the task to head to the bazaar, uh, my favorite moment from the <laughs> two hour episode. This is Hung and Chi talking this through in the taxi. Are you frustrated? Uh, a little bit. Okay, Chi, you have 90 seconds okay. to, be, to be frustrated and get over it, okay? Because you're wasting energy. I'm, I'm over it. So, no, you don't have to be over it immediately. You have 90 seconds. So you can vent or you can do whatever, Chi, <laughs> but you, you just can't keep on being frustrated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first off, I love frustrated Chi. Is, yeah, uh, I am frustrated. Uh, and, and, and that's him wasting energy, Jess? <gasps> yeah, well, you know... She's like here, and sometimes he's here, and sometimes he's here. Yes, it's the weirdest EKG chart I've ever seen in a person. He's practically dead. Flatline. No, I'm over. I it. wonder how much time. I wonder how much time Hung is allowed. Mm. She's upset. That's true. Is it is it sort of portioned out based on the respective energy levels? You know, when when Hung got down from the building, was she like, "Hey, you're 90 seconds, and then that's it. Then you better say sauerkraut." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is he able to yield and get more time? Oh yeah, I wonder if uh, if James could have yelled for him to use his hourglass to get ten more minutes of of pouting time. Just really frustrated. I get my I have, I have at least three minutes. Yeah, I think my frustrated. favorite part is hung uh, like Chi being like, "I'm fine." And hung being like, "No, no, no! I gave you the allotted time, so mm-hmm. you better use it." Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, if they ever fight, I'm sure it's just like hung. Like, why aren't you mad at this? You need to be mad. Why aren't you more angry? Mm-hmm. We told you says, you okay. need to work on your communication. And he said, "Okay, right. I'm angry." She goes, "Okay, great. The the, to- the clock starts now. You have a minute and a half. Enjoy mm-hmm. your anger." Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my favorite part. I love, I love that. Um, that, uh, because they said, we're not going to help D'Angelo again. We're whatever we do, we're not going to help D'Angelo. Can I already put in a question for next week's five for five, Rob, to see if you can try out the strategy on Nicole and see what happens? (laughs) Yes. About, am I, am I the hung or the chi? I don't know. See, see if, if you ask her, if you, if she wants to try out the strategy, see if it goes both ways and see who is more likely to do it than the other person. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Nicole is definitely uh, the, the hung to my chi uh, here for the most part. But then I'm like, I don't know if if chi is at all like me that it's a it's a lot of like serenity now, insanity later. That it's uh, that mm. sometimes then it all leads to just uh, like a total meltdown on my part. Well, Rob, I can tell you that chi watched. The- she watched the departure of Rick Grimes on The Walking Dead, and he was totally fine. <laughs> okay, then, then, then fine. Okay. Uh, I guess he's better than me, the better man than me at that point then. Um, let's then... Uh, anything else from the, from the yurts? 
Now let's get to the bizarre. Uh, boy, uh, Mike, there was a lot of meat at the Kazakhstan. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Butcher Box uh, should uh, definitely get a layout of what's going on over there. Yeah, I mean, it was like a warehouse full of all sorts of cuts of stuff. And I guess so much so that there was barely any room left on the ground floor for the clue box. They had to put <laughs> it up in a little Second balcony. Floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I loved that everybody that worked there knew where the clue box was. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like it was a very hot commodity. And and, and some also had fun with pulling on Caleb and Haley's beards. Yes, yes, I like that guy that was like taunting them, like, "Oh, come here!" Like, "Oh, let me see that." Ooh, ooh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> let me pull on your beard. He was he was having a fun day. Yeah. Uh, and then ultimately it was really just going to be fine. I, like I, I just, what was the point of like, uh, adding an extra stop here of just go find this place and go get a clue in the market. Like there was no task. Well, I, I told you, Rob, every city has one of these mm-hmm. and it was just like, well, we spent so much time on a closed movie set that we really haven't seen anything of Kazakhstan. We should probably go somewhere. Yeah. Well, it probably shouldn't be someplace we've already been. Maybe we should just go to the market. That's a tourist attraction. I mean, who, who's ever seen this much meat in one place? If Boston Rob ever, ever watched this episode, I think he would have a little bit of PTSD upon seeing just the magnanimity of the meat market. Mm-hmm. And uh, typically, like, I feel like that you would, this would be like, Eight minutes into the episode, all right, the team's right. just landed in Kazakhstan. Uh, okay, go to the, the the meat bazaar and get the clue and then find out what the next stop is. Yeah, though I think there's a lot of interesting stuff from Kazakhstan as we found out this episode. As we go to the pit stop, uh, not only does Almaty mean place full of apples, but apparently Kazakhstan had the very first apple tree in existence, according yes. to... The people of Kazakhstan. At First President Park, which you would think it would be First Apple Park. Well, I mean, uh, I, well, I was going to say it was a cherry tree, not an apple tree that George Washington <laughs> chopped down. So it makes sense from an American perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Will and James are the first team to arrive. Uh, they're going to win a prize package of going to Las Vegas, which, again, I don't know how uh, great that uh, prize package ultimately ends up being for them uh, to uh, take the trip to Las Vegas. But we find out next week is going to be the most jam-packed, amazing race leg in history. It is going to be the Mega Leg. (laughs) Mega Leg. Jess, Mega Leg. (laughs) The Mega Leg. I am so. uh, I'm so. Mega Leg sounds like one of the movies that when Sci Fi Channel was trying to find another Sharknado. Mm -hmm. Like uh, Lava lava Tarantula with Steve (laughs) Gutenberg. Yeah. Didn't they literally have one called The Meg? Yeah, the Meg, uh, the Meg, which is a big, a big shark movie. Yes, yes, uh, Mega Leg, exactly. Like, or it's like some sort of like a uh, kaiju film about like a man who gets a a giant growing leg, and so that and that leg decides to go down Tokyo. It's just a giant leg that like kicks at Mothra and Rodan. Yeah, and just so people are not confused for your programming schedule so mega leg is going to be next week uh and that is part of the cbs holiday planning to coincide with my favorite part of the turkey which is the mega leg mm-hmm. yeah unfortunately a uh, mega drumstick just didn't roll off the tongue as a twist so they had to go with mega leg yes 
We don't need to talk about any other mega parts of the turkey, Mike. <laughs> well, so, th- so let's talk about this because so Phil touted this as what he said: double the detours, double the roadblocks, uh, double the distance. So it looks like we're going to India. So we've seen this in the past, right? We've seen like keep on racing, like especially when they were first instituted. It really Too bad was they couldn't like be there in was- Turkey for the night before Thanksgiving. <laughs> Oh, if only they had planned it out two years ago after they were also preempted of previously premiering in May. If only the stars had aligned. (laughs) Phil's trying to sell it, at least. It's not his twist, so I I give him credit for trying to sell it. But it looks like, you know, we had this back in the day. You know, back in the day when they had the the keep on racing stuff, there wasn't even like a meet Phil at the mat sometimes. Sometimes, I remember like when they were in the Ukraine in season 10, it was just like, you got a clue that said, hey, keep on racing. So I guess this is it. We're like, I don't think there's even a check-in halfway through. I think they're just doing two detours and two roadblocks in one singular leg across India. Okay. I think the only difference is that they are not, that they know in advance that that's happening. And I think that might affect their strategy a little bit. Like if you know you're not getting a break and you don't get to rest, I wonder how you portion out your energy. Hmm. Do you think that at the end of one hour... Are we having any sort of check-in at the mat, or it's just racing across two hours, fills at the mat at the end of the second hour? I think it's the latter, yeah. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I don't think you would, in this particular case, that it's been announced ahead of time. Because usually when fills at the mat, it's the surprise for the audience and the racers of keep on racing. We already know that's not going to happen, so I don't see the purpose of Phil being like, hey... How are you guys doing? Like being the guy holding Check the in. water cups during a marathon, right? Of like, hey, take a take a rest and then move on. Double the distance intrigues me because my assumption would be that we're staying in India, but I guess double the distance doesn't mean that we're like country hopping between those the that that mega leg, right? What if you go to two different cities in India? Double the distance is weird, just because I feel like that there is no sort of like expected distance in an amazing race leg, right? Yeah, it's true. Like you could be. You could be going on a train from for 500 miles from Paris to Berlin, or you could be flying to Beijing, mm-hmm. and it's going to be 18 hours. Like, I don't think there's a prescribed amount of distance. Hmm. Um, I, but I really, what I really want to see is I want to see Phil doing the Anderson Cooper thing where everybody's like running like maniacs past him to do the task, and he's just like sitting there nomming on a baguette. Hmm. Or I so, guess it's India, delicious. so it'll be non. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nonning on a baguette. Uh, so I guess the, the question as well is, so obviously we knew that this week and next week are two-hour episodes of The Amazing Race. Do we think the Mega Leg is going to be the entire two-hour ep- two episode next week? Or are they going to crunch it into one hour and then there's going to be another leg for the other hour? What would you no, even I call th- that? It's like the turducken leg. leg. Yeah. A two-hour yeah, episode know. inside of uh, a, th- a two-hour block. Because I'm trying to remember what the original schedule was. Because originally episodes four and five were supposed to be together, right? And then it was supposed to be. So I w- I would imagine that maybe this was there was always an intention for like one big two hour mega leg episode. It just got shuffled around a bit with with everything with the election going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if we had, I think the normal schedule would have had this week being one episode and last week or two weeks ago being two episodes. Right. Jess, do we think that there will be another non-elimination leg now that we are going to have a mega leg, uh, which would take up one of the non-elimination weeks? That's a fair point, Rob. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. My question is, 
did they decide to deploy Mega Leg because they know the way that Amazing Race episodes are doled out these days and frequently CBS mm. offloads two of them in one night? That's interesting. And so it's not necessarily that they knew what was going to wear when, but they sort of like forced CBS's hand to a certain extent of like, okay, we know you're going to have to give us a two hour episode here. So maybe that means you won't give it to us elsewhere. But I mean, I think Rob brings up a good question because these modern Amazing Race seasons typically run 12 legs. So even if a two hour episode takes pl- takes place over one leg, that's still four more legs to then parse out over three more weeks. So we might even have another double episode down the stretch. Can I also ask one other question uh, in terms of just like budgeting the season? Do we know, did this season take shorter to film than the traditional Amazing Race season? Like, did CBS potentially say like, hey, all right, uh, you guys are greenlit for the season, but get it down to 20 days instead of uh, 25 days? That's a good question. And I think we can find out. Yeah. yeah so it filmed, it filmed in November 10th to December 3rd, 2018, which the previous season filmed june 10th to july 3rd so i think actually it was pretty much the same Mm -hmm. sort of schedule of like three weeks essentially is three three to four weeks is usually how long it takes a typical amazing race season to film nowadays it does seem like they are not stopping down uh very much during this race if we had a lot of not stopping down moments early in the leg where did all the rest of this extra time go I don't know. Maybe maybe they took two days to like rest up on the on the Amazon boat just because that was so tough. <laughs> yeah, or maybe that time is coming at some a later point in the season. So uh... yeah, maybe after the mega late, like okay, you guys can crash for a couple days. I I I think you've earned it. Uh, to, I mean, something that was also made a note to us as well. This is the first Amazing Race season in quite some time where we don't we have yet to have a leg that lasts. We yet to have uh, a, a a leg to more than one leg that lasts in the same country. We've gone to a different country in every single lake, which I feel like is extremely hard to come by in modern Amazing Race. Compare that to like Amazing Race 24, right, where it was like spending two legs in each and every country. Yeah. I think that shows the the interesting path that they're taking. And I guess that technically counts the mega leg as well, because though we might be spending two hours in India, it's still technically going to be the same leg in the same country. Okay. All right. Um Ultimately, it looked like that it was going to be a close finish between Kaylin uh, and Haley and uh, Leo and Alana and Iswar and Aparna. Jess, were you buying that? I don't think so. I think they play a lot of stuff up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was waiting to see, especially in the meat market, like, did Leo and Alana pass Iswar and Aparna on the stairs? But since they didn't see a sight of them, it made me believe that Leo and Alana were just so far behind between the detour coupled with the yield that they they couldn't catch up to the other two teams Yeah, if you don't see two teams in the same shot you have no way of knowing if they were actually at the same place at the same time and just as a exercise uh to torture ourselves uh can we talk through what would have been the best michelle and victoria moments uh had they made it to uh these uh two hours of the amazing race because i think it might have been seeing uh, michelle finally getting a sword and then uh taking mm. on uh some of uh the great khan's finest warriors or her getting to walk down the building and have the answer be a food clue mm-hmm. <laughs> Wolfgang would be proud. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Let's take some questions here uh, from the listeners as well. we go through a two-hour, not even a mega leg. What would we call this? Double leg. Double mega, leg. Megapod. Megapod. Okay. All right. The great Tara Renee 
a mega listener. Uh, she says that if you were doing the Amazing Race with your spouse, how many seconds would they give you to get over your frustration? Um, that, you know, my spouse tends to just not listen to me. So I, I, that, I, I mostly can get as many seconds. As long as my frustration is not like uh, directly towards her, I think I'm allowed to have infinite time to be frustrated. She's just not listening. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I think my spouse would be very hung-like in that she knows I have the capacity to wallow. So I think she'd be very generous in being like, okay, you get 15 seconds and then you got to snap out of it. Like for my, not even for her sake, but for my sake, because otherwise I would just linger in it and let it fester like some sauerkraut left out in the sun. Hmm. I mean, typically my spouse is kind of the chi to my hung, <laughs> but I could certainly see us having a long argument about how dare you tell me how many <laughs> seconds I get. And mm-hmm. I think either one of us yeah. would make that point. I would not tell my spouse how many seconds she has to be frustrated. I would, I, mean, I would, but I would, I, but I would mistime it to be like, oh, you still have 40 seconds left. Don't worry. And I would not be timing it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would not make that mistake. Okay. Uh, Alex wants to ask us, uh, what is more likely now? Hung and cheese niceness eliminating them or Gary and D'Angelo getting blocked out of info mm. and losing? Do you think that Gary and D'Angelo are going to get squeezed out of the mind five or will it be hung and cheese good Samaritan nature, which will ultimately uh, be their downfall i i think i could i could very much see the latter happening because i feel like we've seen that actually a few times Which, in amazing race. Getting squeezed. yeah they right it reminds saying. me yeah like it reminds me of uh god what is it uh amazing the andy and tommy season amazing race 19 yeah that's what happened to them right they got i could see it like the final four specifically with the final three right there i could see if it's like if it's will and james hung and she and the volley bros they just say okay we'll just squeeze out gary and d'angelo and it's something that we even saw that a bit last season with, you know, Nicole and Victor kind of getting squeezed out a bit as the amazing race teams work together. I could very much see that scenario happening, actually, if it, if it comes to fruition. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I also think that we've seen we've seen two different instances of Hung accidentally giving information to Gary and D'Angelo to help them go further. And what if like the first two times, you know, those were practice and like the third time. She gets it right and doesn't give them the information, and that's what eliminates them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's triumphant. Okay. Boy, what a cinematic season of The Amazing Race. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> the best, best Kazakhstan film in yes, years. Kazakhstan, you. My son in law was on Survivor. Uh, I believe this is. Uh, uh, Becca Devon's mother. Yes. Uh, yes. yes uh, Rick Devon's mother in law uh, says it seems to me all the leaving early does is uh, make you have less rest when you all end up on the same plane. Is there any advantage I'm not seeing? So this was sort of like a carryover from earlier Amazing Races when. There was actually, you know, stratified flights or like a task to do before leaving. And so there was an advantage to getting there early. I mean, we saw that uh, last leg, though, right? Like the first we had two separate flights to Paris. And so it was advantageous to leave earlier because it means you got on that first flight. You can go to the internet kiosk and print out the map. Exactly. And your search history will let other teams print out the map as well. Yeah. But I think, you know, to answer that question, I think, unfortunately, it's more of like a formality nowadays when all teams are getting on the same flight that you could, in theory, release everyone at the same time. But they still want to go through the motions of you came in first last leg. You've earned the right to leave first at the beginning of the next leg. Okay. All right. 
This is from Mike Brett. With only one yield opportunity left, could we be seeing yield again soon? Jess, uh, how many yields can be used at once? I was wondering the same thing. Like, what if you could conspire with the other teams to just stack all your yields on one team? That would be incredibly unsporting and terrible television, but it would enable you to basically write a death sentence for them. Yeah. But I do think, that being said, every yield board has a picture frame on the front of it, and there is only room for one picture in that yeah, picture it's a, frame. it's a small box. So I suspect one one yield per customer and one yield E per yield. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's sort of like the old days of the U-turn when it only started out as a single U-turn. So once it was used, you can't use it on anybody else. Mike, I felt bad for Leo and Alana that Kaylin and Haley had to have been one of the people with a 20-minute yield. I know, of all things. Like, again, it goes back to the mine, right? They happen to yes. find the 20-minute hourglass. It was 10 or 20, right? The it's like, oh, they had the 20. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 10 minutes could have made a difference. I know we, we sort of balked at it back in the day of like 10 minutes, 20 minutes. It doesn't really make a difference. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could have now that it's actually been executed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's from Ryan Moyer after Big Brother. Am I the only one getting sick of a big alliance picking off the outcasts? In my head, I keep hearing Taryn say, wait a couple of weeks until they turn on each other. <laughs> but I don't know how much more I can take. Look. Yeah, who knew that Taryn was the Chi of RHAP? I was going to say, like, who who's going to crack under pressure first, Taryn or Chi? Yes, uh, I think I that, think definitely Taryn. I don't, I don't think Chi's launching into any, like, high-spirited impressions yeah. anytime soon. Does that make Brent the hung? I have to listen to <laughs> yes. his Taryn oh, yeah. show interview Absolutely. if you want to find but, out the so, answer. I mean, to answer that question, it's interesting, because yeah, I've seen this attitude uh, reverberated a lot, and I, 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 I feel hopefully people do not go in too hard on, like, the Will and James or any people as part of that alliance uh that it's it's not great it's not very fun to watch like five teams be like oh yeah get rid of this other team i also i'll sort of compare it to the to big brother 22 though and that i think this alliance has gotten extraordinarily lucky that they've almost always been out in the front of the pack mm-hmm. uh, and so as a result they have sort of maintained this power if it was much more mixed up i do not think this would be nearly as prominent as it is now okay Let's go back to our next question. Oh, the great Jeffrey Goldstein is here. He says, is this the most grueling season of The Amazing Race? Not much sleep, a bunch of keep racing, and now a... Mega leg. Mega leg. Uh, Jess, I do feel like at the beginning of the season, Phil did tell us this was going to be the toughest season yet of The Amazing Race. Yeah, and then they let people sing a song with cue cards, so I don't know. I think they're (laughs) all tough in their own way. Yeah. Hmm. Every amazing maybe race maybe maybe like the most season. physically taxing in terms of exhaustion. I I could see maybe it falls into that category. But yeah, I feel like in terms of tasks, I'm not sure if we have seen anything like as extremely tough as some previous tasks. Okay, all right. Uh, our good for, oh uh, this is uh, checking in. Oh Dan Heaton uh, officially. Where's the sad trombone uh, for uh, Dan Heaton's <laughs> team officially tonight? With Leo and Alana has now been eliminated from the amazing race yeah dan says he retroactively apologizes to leo and alana for dooming them two years ago when he picked them yeah you know a month and a half ago (laughs) he's been waiting lying in wait for all these two years to finally come out i I, again i feel sad for losing leo and alana you know i i really 
enjoyed them. Uh, I think they were like very uh, snarky, but like also not taking themselves too seriously as well, which I think is a fine balance. We've we've loved getting to, to dive into their social media on the tar pits. It's it's going to be a bit of a tough loss. Again, I think any of these teams are a tough loss, but I'm I'm sad to lose Leona Lana yeah. here. Only a little bit over halfway through this yeah, season. Scott, if we could go back to the uh, draft board and uh, show uh, all three of us, though, we still have two teams left, and this is really anybody's draft to win because uh, Mike still has Riley and Madison and Will and James. Jess still has Iswar Aparna and Hung in Chi. Uh, so a uh, good a good shot to win there. And I've still just it's it, we're even Steven. I've still got Kaylin and Haley and Gary and D'Angelo. So this is anybody's draft to win. Any I mean, of the three the- of us can do it. We are all equally good drafters because we've all got two teams left. <laughs> because none of us is named Dan Heaton. Yeah. But and, to to your legitimacy, though, this is the amazing race mm-hmm. where we have seen sometimes that, like, it's not exactly the, the strongest will survive. So I do legitimately think, like, whenever people ask me, like, who do you think is most likely to win the amazing race? It really does come down to sometimes, like, getting a good final leg and being able to survive until that final leg. So I think there's a chance for any of these six teams could win the amazing race. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's talk about what else is coming up here on Robin's podcast. Actually, uh, is there anything else that either of you want to say about the two hour uh, from tonight? Okay. I mean, we've been at this for almost two hours. Ourselves. Two hours ourselves. It's been a mega pod. Okay. All right. Uh, talking with T Bird uh, was uh, back this week. We talked with Dreams Heard and uh, had a great chat with Dreams. If you want to check that out, they had a lot to say about Survivor Fiji. Uh, we did not get into uh, the Survivor Fiji immunity uh, necklace design uh, too much. More on that to come tomorrow. Over on our international Survivor podcast feed, our great friend Shannon Gus talked with Dirty Harry. Harry Hills joined uh, Shannon. Oh, I, I believe he's called Yerdy Harry. Now. Dirty Harry. Uh, they talked about they were dissecting the Survivor Social Game the same way that those nomads dissected that lamb earlier tonight. <laughs> uh, they're going to go through talking about oh, what what is a good social game on Survivor. Uh, very fun podcast uh, from Shannon over on our international Survivor podcast feed. Then over on News AF, the same show where we once explored beer yoga once upon a time, myself and Danny Bryson and Tyson Apostle talked about how a porch pirate had been thwarted recently uh, because they wore the same clothes to court that they wore to steal the packages. Ideally, uh, you should wear a disguise. Maybe Kaylin and Haley could uh, help uh, some porch pirates in their neighborhood come up with a uh, different look for when they go to steal the packages. Then over on the 90 Day Fiance the other way, uh, check out Puya. He was talking with uh, Mina Woodard about the uh, latest round of a 90 day fiance the other way uh, that bald man does not look pleased he did not look too happy and then oh over on the bachelorette what's Tasha up to uh find out when mari fourth uh joins uh amy and haley to talk about how our brand new bachelorette is faring over on our bachelorette rehab up feed and then okay mike oh boy what's coming up tomorrow all right, so tomorrow we have our second installment of Outwit 
outplay outlets the survivor offseason podcast in which rob cicernino myself and a special guest come together to create an arbitrary and reductive rating and ranking list of miscellaneous survivor subjects this time we went with a very visual subject we talked about iconic survivor immunity necklaces across the years for good or for bad we took half the pile we had 20 it was a very eye-opening conversation with Rob, myself, and the aforementioned Shannon Gus. That being said, it was a very, very fun discussion. So that'll be in your feeds tomorrow as we're recording this. I'm very excited for people to check it out and for more outlisting after the Thanksgiving holiday. Jess, would you believe me if I told you that Mike Bloom had a lot to say about the individual designs of Survivor's many immunity necklaces? Um, Rob, I would believe you if you told me that Mike Bloom had a lot to say about anything, literally anything. <laughs> yes. I like to talk a lot. Yes. Okay. All right. So check that out. I had a lot of fun uh, with Shannon. And then uh, The Masked Singer is back tonight. Uh, check out what Puyat and Liana had to say about episode eight of uh, this season of The Masked Singer. And we're going to be talking about that more because I'm going to catch up with... What is that thing? Yes, uh, yikes. I'm going to check in (laughs) with our Masked Singer podcast for some special coverage. I watched last week's episode earlier tonight. I'm going to check out tonight's episode and uh, we'll do a little bit of a Masked Singer check-in here to see how The Masked Singer Season 4 is going in their uh, quarantine season and seeing how things are faring over on The Masked Singer. Then, oh, uh, coming up over the weekend, uh, we're finally going to get back into talking about Enneagrams, uh, that the great Chappelle is going to join me, that somebody tried to explain this to me once. Uh, It didn't take. Uh, Chappelle (laughs) is going to try to come on in and explain to me Enneagrams in terms of how it fits on Survivor coming up later on this weekend all right uh, yeah if there's one person to convince someone and have a topic that sticks with them it's got to be the great Chappelle. so i, I have full yeah. i have full faith in him yeah i was gonna say oh arbitrary and reductive personality test i'm out mm-hmm. with Chappelle. i'm back yes in. okay yes that's how we got you so uh if you wanted to catch up on our bonus amazing race coverage if you didn't get enough amazing race tonight want to hear us talk about the last episode with liana boris not too late to check out that podcast we had a lot of fun going through everything from last week's amazing race with the great liana boris on the tar pit last weekend we'll be back with the tar pit again this weekend send in your questions amazing race at rob is website.com of course all this podcasting and fun is made possible by the wonderful patrons of rob has a podcast earlier this week uh we played patron family feud and i thought that that was a lot of fun we're trying to do a uh, patron activity a week right now uh to try to uh hang out a little bit rob has a website.com slash patron for access to our patron only community uh which uh we try to keep very nice and friendly for everybody that's at rob has a website.com slash patron plus our patron only podcast feed and more rob has a website.com slash patron follow us on social media we like to share lots of clips from the shows and things we're talking about it's rob has a podcast on twitter at rhap grams on instagram maybe we need to do some uh rob has a podcast fleets also Oh, no. Yeah. No, well, listen, you, you've, you've tried that before. I don't think we should make any more children cry. That's my one rule for the RHAP fleets. Yeah. I, I, I you know, that 
being a parent, uh, you never know what's going to happen next. And I thought we, we were having fun. And then I uh, threw some seeds at my ch- child and he was laughing. But then I said, uh, the, you've been you just got fleet. Uh, that made him cry. So what are you going to do? Fleet, baby, fleet. It's like you have 90 yeah. seconds to be frustrated I was going to say, you have 90 this. Yeah. And exactly. And then you can go back to playing with your with your fleet seeds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jess, what's coming up for you? Um, Well, this gentleman here and I are going to be talking about Star Trek Discovery, uh, which the new episode drops tomorrow. We're going to be recording that over the weekend, and that will be in your earballs by the end of the weekend. Jess, how do you think you're going to do in the Brant Steel of all Mike's podcast (laughs) co-hosts? I think I'm the first one out. Oh. No. Okay. Yeah. I or either that or I'm like rocked out of the game in round three. This is how well, I you are. You are a Jessica after all. I think that is your fate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I get rocked out of the game um, ridiculously early on. OK, that's well, actually, in, in, in my version of brain steel, it's not rocks. It's just little totems with my face carved on. <laughs> yes. Is it like or maybe the immunity necklaces went to Ghost Island and turned into rocks? Oh, maybe. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, everyone just wears rocks around their necks. Mm-hmm. Just what, what else is coming up? Uh, what else is coming up? Uh, Josh Wiggler and Chappelle and I talk about The Walking Dead, but there is no Walking Dead right now. So we talk about Fear the Walking Dead and we talk about Walking Dead World Beyond. Mm-hmm. And that's coming up on Post Show Recaps. And we call that Fear the Walking Dead World Beyond. And it is, it's really, it's like therapy for us. Like we just go in and we laugh a lot and we make fun of the shows. So if you're like, earnestly watching them it's not the podcast for you but if you are watching them ironically and or not watching them i say it is the podcast for does you. anybody complain and say you're not taking the walking dead fear world beyond serious enough nobody has said we are not taking walking dead world beyond seriously mm, enough. in fact i think we might be taking it too, too seriously serious. because we are watching it yes but um we have had a couple of people say that our um, fear the our criticism of Fear the Walking Dead is unmerited, mm. and they have a point, but when it's good, we say it's good, yeah, and it's a lot of fun. And then I wanted to give a plug, uh, the patrons of Post Show Recaps will get to hear me talk to Josh Wiggler a little bit extra this week. We're going to be talking about the new series that just dropped uh, called Big Sky, and who better mm. to talk about Big Sky with Josh Wiggler than somebody from Montana? Yeah, I was going to say that's the that's the Montana Big Little Lies, right? Yep, it is, and it's uh, they actually filmed a bunch of it in Montana proper, so it should not totally suck. I am a ironic viewer of David E. Kelly projects, yes. so I think it's going to be all right. Is is it part of the canon of Big Little Lies? I, yeah, I don't think there's a Big Little Lies extended universe. I just think they take no. a similar structure. It's not like a CSI, it like a like a. It's not like a Big Little Lies world beyond. <laughs> yeah, is yeah like Renata Klein is yeah. not is not going to show up and and you know as in the middle of one of these episodes. Okay. Like Big Trouble in Little China is not part of that universe. Yeah, there's no big universe. That Tom Hanks uh, is not going to come. We in should and podcast <laughs> about that though. Yeah, I think you know, I th- Ewan McGregor doesn't show up with a big fish. <laughs> yeah, Adam Sandler doesn't come with the with Dylan and Cole Sprouse peeing in a corner <laughs> on the newspapers. <laughs> All right, um, Mike, what's next for you? So I earlier today actually I recorded with Josh Wiggler, of course, our weekly Down the Hatch podcast. We talked. One of us, all about Juliet Burke. Very interesting discussion. So be sure to check that out. Contains oh, maybe I think more machetes. One, one of us talked. I'm like, oh, I wonder if it was Josh or Mike. 
I, we both like to talk a lot, but no, two of us talked about one of us, a uh, very shady episode of Lost, so be sure to check that out. Uh, at this point, a little over 12 hours from now, I'm going to be talking with Leo and Alana yeah. uh, about about their time on The Amazing Race, so be sure to check that out at Parade.com. And uh, speaking of Montanans, I got to get together with the great Paul Oslison and the rest of the Survivor historians to... Uh, Finally, kickstart our coverage of Survivor Nicaragua. We talked about the first four episodes. So if you're into more reality talk and more Survivor, you can check that out. And also a bit of a, a programming thing. Because of the holiday... Yeah, don't skip leg day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, big mistake. All right, so uh, we are uh, having so much fun talking about this season of The Amazing Race. Send us your questions, amazingrace at robiswebsite.com. For the Tar Pit this weekend, we'll be back with uh, more this weekend and plenty more on robiswebsite.com. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Support for this podcast comes from Pluto TV. Need an escape? Drop into Pluto TV for a world of free TV. Stream hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and shows all for free. Yeah, for free. No subscriptions, no fees. Imagine 24-7 channels of The Amazing Race. It's amazing. Uh, Survivor, Star Trek, CSI, Narcos, everything else from hit movies to binge-worthy TV shows, latest news, live sports, comedy, and more. What are you waiting for? Download the free Pluto TV app for Android, iPhone, Roku, and Fire TV and start streaming now. Pluto TV, drop in and watch free.